Thank you so much for being a listener of the Deep Believer Show. We love our listeners, we pray for our listeners, and we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have anything you'd like to say, if you have any testimonies, or if you have any questions, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a listener of The Deep Believer Show. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, our guest had a literal, lit, literal near-death experience. And what saved his life is what something that we all, while well, the majority of the world, have access to, but seriously take for granted and underestimate. You're going to want to hear this story. Ken Chin, thank you so much for being with us. No, Jennifer, thank you. For having me as your guest i really look forward to visiting with you today uh you've got such a sweet spirit i know that god's anointed you the spirit of god is on you and just look forward to speaking to your listeners and uh, sharing what god did in my life thank you so much ken and i know so many people are going to be touched by what they're about to hear so i want to start off with a background of who you are so how did you grow up did you grow up in a home of believers how was your childhood what did that look like my uh, mother was a grandmother uh, family you know they were all uh, baptist and grew up you know the bible was very common around the house uh, uh, my aunt and my uncle actually did uh, gospel recordings and made the, you know the old big albums back in the day you know we don't know what those are anymore i guess they're making a comeback now but yeah so it was a uh, very much a christian home that i grew up in and was aware of, of god and who god was and you know, knew what it meant to go to church, uh, whether you wanted to or not as a kid, uh, we were there. Wow. And then were you ever active and were you always in the church? Was it from born until you were until now, or did you ever have a breaking off point? Yeah, I did. When I, uh, when I kind of went astray when I was in, uh, I guess my sophomore and junior year of, uh, of high school, you know, I had a time of rebellion or I guess just uh, you know, went went the way of the world. You know, I started drinking, partying, and you know, smoking a little pot here and there, and doing things. I, I mean, I knew that they were wrong, and I did it long enough. You know, and hung with that group long enough that when I did finally come back to the Lord, uh, it was a very dramatic conversion experience, and it was very real. Uh, you know, it's one thing to grow up in a Christian home, but. Uh, you know, you, you can't have the faith of your parents. It's got to become your faith at some point in time. And I would say my junior year, when I really uh, gave my life to Christ, I really became a new creation and the spirit of God uh, started to reside in me at that time. So what was it that drew you back? I know you mentioned that you were dr drawn back and thank God for the prayers of our parents, you know, and, but oh, yeah. what was it that drew you back to Jesus? It was a, a couple of students actually in high school that began to start sharing the Lord with me and through their testimony and just watching how they lived, uh, you know, they just had a peace about them and, you know, I could see it and I, I knew, you know, from all of the family that it, it was obvious to them that I had gone astray, you know, we, we were a close family. We got together a lot. So yeah, it was just that and knowing, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is... You know, I think it was Billy Sunday said, the Holy Spirit is the hound of heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, when God has a calling on your life, you know, thank God in his mercy and his grace, he'll, uh, he'll chase after you. So you let's know. fast forward. Let's fast forward to 2021 and you end up sick. Now, before this, did you ever think that you would even end up sick with this virus or whatever you want to call it? No, I didn't. You know, I mean, I'm, um, healthy, strong, uh, you know, uh, around Christmas time, I'm out at my ranch, just, you know, tossing around 60 pound bags of concrete, fixing a little, the road where we've had a little rain, we washed out some of the road and, you know, just throwing them around like it's a piece of paper and, uh, don't take any medications, you know, no pre-existing conditions, no nothing. And, um, short period of time, <clears throat> you know, I started feeling really bad Christmas Eve. 
Sorry. And that was Christmas Eve of 2021. Yes. We have a, a tradition of Chin family. You know, my, we still continue it. We always go to my brother's house. Uh, he's got a large house and um, we would have Christmas Eve there, big festivities and read the Bible story about Jesus' birth, break out the guitars, you know, sing worship songs for a period of time. And, and as soon as I got up from dinner, man, I, I just knew Jennifer just wasn't right. You know, I was sitting there wiping just sweat off my forehead. I was having cold chills and, um, but I toughed it out, you know, tough guy here. I hung in there, you know, my wife and father-in-law and my daughter were with me and I didn't want to ruin it for them. But it, yeah, as soon as I got home, I went straight to bed. I went straight to bed. Uh, my wife ran down to the local drugstore, got a uh, COVID-19 test kit and uh, I tested negative. So kind of gave everybody a little bit of sigh of relief because COVID-19 was really running rampant in East Texas at this time. You know, the hospitals were full. Uh, you know, I had colleagues that I work with died from it. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a serious thing. So we felt better about that. And, you know, I just thought, well, okay, good. I, it's some type of a virus or bug. I, I'll double down on my vitamins and drink plenty of fluids and get me some chicken noodle soup and, you know, do all those things they tell you to do. And, uh, but uh, Christmas Day rolls around and everybody comes over to, my, to our house on Christmas Day and I never left the bedroom. I um, was so weak. Uh, you know, I knew things were getting worse, uh, but, you know, I was just trying to be Mr. Tough Guy again. And, uh, you know, I could hear them all out there eating my food and carrying on <laughs> laughing, having fun. So it was actually December 28th was the first time I said, hey, you know, I throw in the towel. I went down to an ER clinic and uh, immediately they diagnosed me with COVID-19, uh, the Delta variant, gave me some medication and uh, sent me home. When you got sick at first, did you think it was something else? Did you think it was the flu? Did you think it was something you ate? What was it? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, since I tested negative, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe this is just the flu or something. And then when I went there and tested positive, I thought, okay. But I, I didn't have the gravity of, of how serious it was going to get so quick, you know, within just a little over a week. I mean, I could, I couldn't hardly stand up. I went downhill quick. So it, uh, so I went the first time and I said, you know, if you don't feel any better, you know, let try to let the medications work. So I waited a couple of days and sure enough, I found myself back. They gave me some stronger medication and uh, some cough medicine. And, and they told me the same thing. You know, if you don't feel better in two days, come see us, you know, give, give the medicine a chance to work. Okay. I, all right, whatever. So I'll go back the third time they x-ray my lungs and they say, man, Mr. Chin, you've got pneumonia as well. So I knew my labor, uh, my breathing was getting more labored and I was struggling a little bit more with breathing and just moving around. And so they sent me home with uh with oxygen you know i'd never been on oxygen my entire life you know i get on the treadmill run for an hour uh, so this is this is uh starting to get serious for me and i went back the fourth time and thank god this particular time you know it's my fourth visit jennifer and you know i i don't go to the hospital i don't i don't go anywhere unless i'm you know i'm sick i'm not showing up for fun so the doctor that saw me this time he saw in me what he had experienced a year earlier and he almost died from uh, COVID-19. And he said, the only way you're leaving here is by an ambulance. And I'm going to personally see to it. I'm going to get you a room at the local hospital. And I said, hey, you know, praise God. I'm all, I'm all for that. I don't want to go home again. I, you know, I, I just, I, I knew how serious it was at this point. So I'm just kind of hanging out and He'd come back about, you know, every hour or so as he's making his rounds to see different patients. And he'd give me a little five minute little spill about how he got better and what he did to, to win the battle. It took him nine months to get back to treating patients. A uh, very long haul for him. Uh, I beat him down pretty rough. So, you know, after, uh, I don't know, it was probably seven or eight hours. And, you know, unfortunately, probably someone had to die for me to get a room. Now, I were the hospitals overwhelmed? They were. They yeah, were they now? Were question for you yes how did it feel like to run out of breath what were you i mean what did it feel like for you to be oxygen deprived it's pretty intense i mean you i was aware that i was as i'm speaking now you know you're not even conscious of breathing but every breath was like you know i'm 
you know, and until people get to that situation, you, you know, I mean, I'll take it for granted right now, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, but yeah, it's a, it heightens your awareness of breathing and you become so conscious of each and every breath that you take. So yeah, I was very, uh, very in tune with my breathing at this point in time. Wow. So did you get lightheaded ever when you would run out of oxygen? Did you ever get disoriented or, you know, or even like I said, feel lightheaded, anything like that besides heavy breathing? Uh, uh, if I stood up, you know, at, at this particular time, I was so weak. If I stood up, you know, I could barely stand at this point in time as I'm, you know, before I'm headed to the hospital in the ambulance. Um, you know, they rolled me out in a wheelchair, but yeah, I would get lightheaded if I stood up, uh, any type of physical activity was, you know, even standing up was, uh, you know, was a, was a rough go. Okay. So you said the hospitals were overwhelmed. And the sad part is, is that a person had to die for you to get a bed. So you're in the hospital and you have a bed, you're in a room. What happens next? Shortly after I'm there, I, I'm confronted by four doctors and internists. You know, I just wasn't expecting to have, I guess, I guess uh, you could say it was confrontational or mildly combative, but they were really trying to convince me urgently to sign a DNR, a do not resuscitate and go and to go on a ventilator. And, you know, they were telling me, you know, you, you don't know how sick you are, Ken, you know, you're not in your right frame of mind. You're not thinking correctly. Uh, you know, we're here to help you, you know, let us, let us do our job. You know, we're doctors, we're here to help you right now. And I refused to let them put me on a ventilator. I told them, uh, you know, everything that I've read and studied that only 12% of the people who go on ventilators live to come off of them. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to do that. If, if I'm going to die, you know, I want to go out with whatever awareness God gives me. I, you know, I don't want to get put down like that. And, uh, you know, they said, well, you know, it's it, your, it's your decision. It's on you. You know, we want you to know we, we tried to help you. And, um, you know, one by one, they all left. And, you know, I found it significant, too, that our conversation was combative enough that had my number been, you know, wrong or off. But not one of them said, oh, Ken, you, you know, forget about it, man. It's 50 percent or it's 35 or, you know, it's not 12. But not one of them said not one of them came back and said, you know, there's a higher number than 12. So, so nobody the, corrected you. None. No, That's crazy. no. Yeah, so I must have been spot on about that. Uh -huh. And uh, I just told him I didn't like those odds and I, it's not the road I was going to go down. Okay, so you refused to get on that ventilator because you knew the statistics. So instead of giving you a ventilator, what did they end up giving you? So at this point, they're a little bit frustrated with me. I ended up getting rolled down the hall as I was talking with them. You know, I'm in a wheelchair with, you know, an oxygen mask on and um, so that I ended up getting rolled down the hall, put in a room by myself. They sent my wife home, sent my brother home. Uh, you know, one of the doctors knew my brother and called him and said, you know, Hey, you know, if you want to see Ken again, you might want to get up here pretty quick. And of course, I learned this after the fact, I didn't know at that time, but I did. I told him, I knew how serious it was. I said, you know, you've been a really good brother. I love you. You know, look after my daughter. If something doesn't go down right now, I told my wife, I loved her. So they rolled me all, you know. Throw me down in the hall, close the door. Since I wouldn't go on a vent, they hooked me up to a BiPAP machine. It's a, a mass that kind of hook onto you and it forces oxygen into you, your lungs. So, you know, this is when it starts getting serious. You know, here I am all alone, all by myself. Everybody's gone, no visitors allowed. And uh, I knew at this point that my life was really, really in God's hands. And I was going to really have to, uh, to fight and to really just press in. I began to think about Genesis chapter 32, you know, about Jacob. It talked about Jacob, how he wrestled with the angel all night long. And, you know, Jacob felt like he was facing imminent death. He felt like his brother Esau was going to kill him the next day and kill his family. You know, and I felt like I was facing imminent death. I thought, you know, I'm not going to see another sunrise. And I, I knew if I went to sleep that I was going to die. As you know, you were talking about breathing. I knew that unless I was making just that conscious effort to, to breathe, 
you know, I, I, I wasn't going to make it. <clears throat> so, and uh, I'm not a guy who's pulled an all-nighter in prayer before, Jennifer, but everything in me just rose up to fight. And I said, God, you know, I'm just going to wrestle with you. And uh, all these scriptures that I've known for, you know, 50 years just begin to flow up through me. I began to think about Psalms 46, 1. It says, God, oh God, you're my ever-present help in my time of need. I mean, God, I, I need you now. I'm not my God. I need you right now. I need your help. Jesus, I need your help, God. Psalm 73, 25 and 26. My flesh and my heart faileth. I'm praying, God, God, my body is shutting down, Lord. My body is shutting down, God. I need for you to be the strength of my heart. You know, these passages that had to deal with desperation, Hannah and travail, you know, wanting God to intervene in her life. You know, she's weeping and crying out and shaking so much so that the dumb priest Eli thinks she's drunk in the morning. And uh, yeah, just calling out to God, just with everything within me, you know, I began to think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, how they were tossed into the fiery furnace. And I'm praying, God, you know, rescue me from the fires of death, God, send forth uh, your angel, God, uh, rescue me. And all of these passages that were just really intense, I thought about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he's uh, fixing to go to cross and bear the sin of the world. And, you know, there's a medical terminology, hematidosis, to where Christ, sweat, great drops of blood, you know, such intensity and agony and, and just the travail of his soul. And all, all of these passages flying up and I finally just kind of settled in on Romans 8, 11, after just running through a lot of this. And it says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, hallelujah, he will quicken your mortal bodies. And I just, meditated on that and prayed that silently and, and and just out loud as well and just was saying god god just quicken me god quicken me by your spirit lord god i'm failing man i i, I feel i could feel at times like my spirit was like leaving my body and i'm just hanging in here and uh, after a period of time of meditating on that scripture, I just felt this, bam, just this power of God, just surge come upon me. It was like I had electricity just flowing through my body, you know, and of course the believers know, you know, that's the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. And it was really my first sign of, that God was with me. You know, this is probably, I was rolled down the room about 1030. And so this is probably about 130 in the morning, you know, that I've been just praying and crying out to God and I thought, you know, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I can hang in here. Maybe I can make it. I, I knew I had to make it to the morning light, you know, to, to, to live. And, 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 and really my prayer, Jennifer, is it was not even for myself. My prayer was this, you know, God, God, just let me live, God, to see my daughter get more established in the faith. God, let me live to see my daughter become more independent. Lord, let me live to see her get more mature, God, to where she doesn't need me. I'm just, you know, a father just crying out for his only child. And, you know, that was my prayer. I, I, I did not want to, to leave this earth. Uh, I wanted to hang around longer to shepherd her more and to be her dad. And, you know, just, uh, I mean, it's just me and God, you know, you got to get real. There's, there's nobody, there's nobody there to impress. There's nobody there to put on. And, you know, I mean, I'm crying. I'm crying, God, you know, spare my life. God, extend my days. Uh, all, all of the different Psalms, you know. Make haste, O oh Lord. Make haste to deliver me, God. Crying out on that. And, you know, after a period of time of praying like this, I, I felt that surge of power just leave me. And it, it just, uh, you know, I find myself just getting desperate again, crying out to God even more. And after a period of time, just a scripture that popped into my mind was Romans 8, 26. And it talks about just really just another level of prayer, how that, you know, the spirit makes intercession for us, which groanings that we can't even, we don't even have words for it. I find myself there and I'm just groaning in the spirit like I've never done, just, oh, 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 and just crying out from the depth of my belly, just, God, God, help me. Oh, God, and I was just doing this, just 
you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, just weeping, crying out to God. And just in that groaning intercession, just the depth of prayer, you know, I opened up my eyes and I look and my whole body is covered in this white light. You know, it's not like a light you think of when you turn a light on. This light is like frosted. It's glowing. It's it's like particles moving and bouncing around my arms and everything and on my chest. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I'm just shocked at first. I think, man, I'm fixing to die. You know, my first reaction was I've heard stories about these different saints that, you know, they're, they see the light and, you know, they look up and, you know, they see the angels or the heavens or they see Christ and, you know, they breathe their last breath, they fall back and die and their spirit goes on to be with the Lord. And so I, I had that in the beginning, it, it, was, it was almost like, a, you know, I think, well, God's not going to answer my prayers the way I want to. I'm fixing to go out. I'm fixing to, you know, uh, go die and go to heaven. But after, you know, a few minutes and, you know, this light stayed with me for about 30 minutes. It wasn't just bam and it was gone. I just started looking down at my arms and just became fascinated. I just sensed this power and this energy and this love just like just overcome me. And I just had this peace that made my breathing easier as well. You know, I, I got a little bit of a calm state from having a little anxiety in the beginning to think I, this is it. And I just watched that light just dance around my arms and on my body. And it was just so supernatural. It was so beautiful. And again, this was the second sign that God gave me. You know, God didn't give me another sign I'll share. But, you know, this just let me know that God was with me, you know, that God was, uh, and I, I mean, I'm on my deathbed, Jennifer. I'm not asking God to give me a sign. I'm just trying to live till the morning. But, you know, God is so good. God in his mercy and grace. And, you know, I, I think the scripture says, you know, God says, when you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. And I can tell you, this is one time when Ken Chen was, I mean, I'm seeking God with everything I got. There's nothing holding back uh, this night because, you know, I knew, you know, um, it, it was it, it my life was in god's hands and and i always like to throw scripture out there just to have a backup to let people think you know well this guy's crazy well no you know we we talk about god is love first john 4 8 and that's true that, that's perfect you know that is the truth of the scriptures you know john three sixteen, god so loved the world on and on but if you really go back to first john 1 5 it says god is light you know, light is part of God's essence and being. And, you know, we know about Moses. When Moses came down from the mountain, it said his face just glowed and was shiny from being in God's presence. And we know about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, how his countenance just completely changed. They were just in awe of it. We know when Stephen was stoned, you know, they said, man, this guy looks like an angel. You know, there must have been this angelic glow about him too. this light must have been surrounded him to some way so you know it was the presence of the lord with me it was just beautiful it was uh comforting it was loving it was peaceful i guess it's probably 30 minutes or so I, it just disappeared and you know this is probably 3 30 or so in the morning and you know I, I began to get desperate again you know i'm still just i'm hanging in there jennifer one breath at a time and calling out to God. And I guess it's probably 30, 45 minutes after this, you know, I, be, I began to pray and pray and pray and just plead with God. And, and, and I heard the Spirit of God speaking to me. And it's the Lord said, you shall live and declare the glory of God. And then I heard this a second time, you shall live and declare the glory of God. It was more conviction and more power. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm on my, I'm not expecting to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit give me this word. And it was just ringing out in my body and my mind and in my spirit. I mean, it was like ricocheting around me. And then I heard the, the Spirit of God speaking it again. You shall live and declare the glory of God. And I tell you, that word, it was just like a, a rhema word from God. You know, it, it's, it's one thing to know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you know, we should do that and, you know, have scripture memorized. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, thy word I've hidden my heart that I might not sin and on and on. But 
when you get a life-giving word like that, you know, the psalmist says, the entrance of God's word gives life. And that was like life to me. It was like manna from heaven. And it really, um, it was it was a turning point for me. Uh, I felt like I knew I was going to live, you know, as weak as I was, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I, I'm, I can do this. And I must have said that to myself, you know, a hundred, a thousand times the rest of the night, you know, I am going to live. I'm going to declare the glory of God. I hung on for a couple more hours. And after that, um, I heard the shaking on the glass door, the sliding glass door to my room. I tell you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I heard that door start sliding open and that nurse just ripped that curtain back. And I felt like I was like on a rocket ship. It was like the spirit of God just came upon my body and just, just whoosh, just felt like I was just taken off. And I had this joy, like I had conquered death that day, stayed the hand of death. You know, the scripture talks about joy unspeakable. I had such joy. It was just joy and glory and joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, a smile came across my face and, you know, the craziest passage, I'm sitting here just rejoicing and, and, and I'm thinking about the children of Israel and the wilderness, you know, they had the mountains on both sides. They had the water in front of them and the mighty Egyptian armies bearing down on them. And, you know, that looks like they're going to die. God parts the waters. I'm sure your listeners know this. They walk over on dry ground, on dry ground. They walk over on dry ground. They crossed over. The waters came together. The Egyptian army died. And I felt like the spirit of God was telling me in a sense, Ken, you've crossed over. You know, something has happened to you. You've moved into this new dimension. You know, you've wrestled with me and you, you've crossed over. And um, it's just so, so, so beautiful. That passage was, it gave me a, I'd never even, you know, probably read it a hundred times. I've never had that, like God speaks it to you and you open up your eyes and give you a new meaning to it. And, and immediately I thought about the Psalms, you know, you know, they didn't go down to, you know, whatever super, store you go to to get your food or whatever you know they're all hunters jennifer they they got to go out if they you know if they can't catch something it's tough luck we're not eating but you know david used this beautiful word picture i just love this it says our soul our soul has escaped from the death trap our soul has escaped from the death trap it's like the prey that got away you know they didn't capture it and i felt like that's what god was telling me ken tonight Tonight, your spirit, your life has been spared from the death trap. You know, I've reached in to the lion's den of death like Daniel, and I pulled you out. And it was just such a glorious, glorious experience, uh, hanging on, praying, praying through the night, travail, uh, you know, unlike anything I've ever done before. Let's go back a little bit. I know you mentioned that you were afraid to go to sleep in a way. Did you sleep that night at all? I didn't. Because I, I knew, and that was the test for me. That was where the rubber, you know, meets the road here. I knew because I was struggling so much just to, you know, I prayed a prayer. I said, I was praying, God, breathe into me like you did Adam, the breath of life. Because it was just, I, I, I had to fight for my breath, you know, so I, I felt like, I felt like I couldn't sleep. I felt like, to me, I felt like if I went to sleep, I was, I was going to die. But something happened, you know, when, when your life is on the line, when it's death and eternity, and, and you know, you know that you're going to die. It's, it's a certain death. I could feel it. I mean, you know, I'll make anybody think I'm strange, but in that hospital, I think there was kind of a spirit of death. You know, you could, in the atmosphere, you could kind of just sense it with everything that was going on. It was almost like it, you know, there was an expectation for, for people to die constantly and people did die constantly. But yeah, so I, I, I wrestled with God uh, all night long. Uh, it wasn't a five minute prayer. It wasn't a prayer for an hour, but it did. It, it really, it opened me up. It changed me. I see the potential now. 
I really do of, uh, you know, praying and my spirit being open. I, I felt like something just cracked open it in my, I, I don't know if I'm expressing that right, but it was like a new birth of a new birth. You know, like I've been born again, born again in a way, like there's such a deeper dimension now when I pray and when I, I when I feel like I'm God is I'm in the spirit or I'm touching the throne of God or um, my prayer life is just uh, something changed. It's just so much it's so much easier for me to uh, to really uh, I feel like to contact God or to reach out to Christ and touch the throne of grace. What made you stand on the promises of God? Because you know scripture. Did you have an inkling of doubt that it may not work? Or did you believe it would work? Or were you just saying, let me try it and see if this works or not? It was all I had, Jennifer. It was just me and God. I mean, Ken Chen has always got 10 to 20 backup plans. I have got more backup plans, but I had no backup plan in my life. I knew that this night, my only option, there was no, there was no option two. There was no option B. My only option was the word of God and God coming and manifesting himself and delivering me through the night and the natural, I would have never made it, never made it through the night. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, when my wife was sent home, uh, she started contacting believers who, you know, who have a prayer life and who are, you know, doers of the word, not hearers uh, that really walk the walk with God. And I would say probably throughout the night, they were probably 300 people praying for me, just for me to live. And, you know, God was hearing their prayers too. And, you know, I, I give them credit, you know, she'd contacted some churches and people of faith. There's something to fighting though. And uh, there's something that we have to do. I mean, you know, God gave the children of Israel the land. He just didn't blow on the enemies and just, you know, or send an angel down and kill all of them at one time. He said, I've given you the land, go do battle and take it. And so I think there is that co-laboring with Christ. You know, I, I think I could have, I mean, I, I could have just rolled over and died, but I think we, you know, we're co-laborers with God. God, you know, God, we do our part and God does his. And, um, you know, I, again, I go back to, you know, if we seek in God with all our heart, you know, how many times, how many times has Ken Chen done that? I'm talking about, this is getting real. Are you seeking God with all your heart? You know, we have so many distractions. We have so many things to do. I think in my life, I, you know, I point the finger at myself, you know, it's the times when, when things are really the worst. You know, I've heard, heard it said before that God does his very best work in your life in your very worst times. This is my worst time ever, Jennifer. It was almost as if you had a choice to go with the Lord or not. Have you thought about that? You had a choice yes. to go I, with I, him I, or not, and you chose to finish your race here on earth. Yeah, I, I think there was, you know, and I, I think there's a choice involved. Um, and I, I love the way the King James Version says this. I know a lot of people don't like the King James, and and I get it. You know, it's hard to understand. It's not in how we speak now, but there's this phrase in the King James that says that they gave up the ghost. Just like Jesus. They gave, gave up the ghost. Up the ghost. Right. Yeah, Jesus. And, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, there is, I mean, we might say it in modern day language, you know, they didn't have any more fight in them. You know, I've, I've heard that so many times. Oh, Ken, you know, he just got beat down by, by whatever disease, cancer, you know, uh, you know, heart, whatever. And he just didn't have any more fight left. And, you know, maybe that was God's time for him. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not God, but, but I think there is a point to where, you know, there is a wrestling with God and there is a contending for the faith. You know, and I was just praying. I didn't know if God would answer my prayers the way I wanted him to up until I, he, 
I heard the Spirit of God speaking, you know, you shall live and declare the glory of God. I, did, I didn't know at that point, even though I'd been quickened by the Holy Spirit. I had this supernatural light appear over my body. So, you know, I just, you know, in Psalms 37, 4, it says, you know, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And, you know, God came through for me the way I wanted him to. You know, he doesn't always do that. But I think God saw my heart and God saw my desire, my brokenness. You know, God's close to those that are broken of a contrite heart. You know, he's, he's near. He's near. He manifested himself to me in my brokenness and my tears and my travail and, you know, just crying out to him. Well, let's talk about this light now, the light that came upon you. Did you say it was liquid? I know you said the love of God was like liquid. Was it liquid-like and did it brighten up the room? Yeah, the light uh, when I was just groaning in the spirit, it opened my eyes up and my it was my body that was covered. It wasn't the whole room. My body was covered with this light and this light was moving. I mean, as I would look down, it was, it was like particles uh, just bouncing around on my arms, just just moving around and, and back and forth. And it was it was a, a frosted light. It was white it was um clear i mean i could see it moving and it was just so fascinating and just i mean i watched it the whole time i'm just sitting there i can barely hold my arms up but i'm just sitting there just going wow you know this is just beautiful this is this is supernatural you know my my spiritual eyes were open to the spiritual dimension you know sometimes the prophets in the old testament are called seers you know, they were seeing things that the natural eye didn't see. They could see angels or they could see things happening in the spirit realm. And God, for that period of time, you know, 30, 45 minutes or so, allowed me to see into a dimension that I've never seen into before. Yeah, it was it was uh, supernatural. It was beautiful. It was it was just living. You know, it's not like you turn on a light and there's just here's a light you now and it wasn't just didn't just come and just disappear it was it was with me for a period of time and yeah it was just once i got over that initial um you know thinking i'm gonna die reaction you know you know this is it you know it's not that bad i'm gonna go to heaven or you know but that wasn't you know wasn't what i wanted god to that wasn't my prayer you know i want to live but uh but yeah after that it was just like i just felt this flowing of love and, and peace that passes all understanding just overcome me and just rest upon me. And, uh, you know, I, I was just bathed in this glory. Uh, someone has told me, you know, you need to find an artist who who's really try to be as descriptive as you can and let her draw a, a portrait of this. And thought, You know, it might, might, might be a good idea, you know. I agree. So what do you believe this light that rested on you for a half hour, what do you believe that it was doing to you? And do you believe this light was a part of Holy Spirit? Do you believe, what do you think it was? So one, what do you think it was doing to you? And two, do you think it was Holy Spirit or if not, what? I think it was God, probably in the form of the Holy Spirit. That, that would be what I would think. I, I don't know that I could say a hundred percent what it, you know, what it was, but uh but it gave me, um, what it did for me was it gave me uh, faith, it gave me confidence, it gave me peace. You know, it let me know that, I mean, here I'm in a hospital room all alone, just, you know, on my deathbed, about to die. And it just gave me confidence that God is with me. God had not forsaken me. And, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for a sign. You know, I was just trying to, you know, pray through the night and, and live to see another sunrise, you know, in the morning. But, you know, sometimes God goes the extra mile and uh, he gives us things we don't ask for. We don't, you know, he's a good father. He gives us gifts. And that meant so much to me to to keep me going. So yeah. do you think the light was healing you at the same time? I think it was doing something to me. It was... um restoring me to some degree yeah I, I think it was regenerative you know it made me feel better you know mentally for sure uh, my outlook improved with the presence of god being upon my body you know it, it gave me hope and faith 
I, I didn't get an instantaneous miracle. You know, to some degree, it, it definitely uh, improved my health. I know that for certain, just from the medical, the scientifical medical reports that I would get the very next day. Ken, you said that you can sense, or you could sense a spirit of death in that hospital. Did that knowing that there was a spirit of death there, did that instill a bit of fear in you? No, it inspired, uh, inspired me to fight harder. It really did. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about any of the hospital workers, but, you know, I had one of them that was in my room and, you know, they fit, they got to get your head size and all this on put for the BiPAP mask and so forth. And, and just routinely, just like I'm just, you know, a number or something, I would say, and, and I don't hold it against him, but and he's got his back to me. He's like just over here, and I'm laying in the bed back here. And he just says, you know, he's not even looking at me saying this, Jennifer. He says, people in your condition don't get up and walk out of here. Wait, this is why you were still sick and dying. He said yeah, this to you. I'm on my deathbed. And, you know, I, I forgave him, but it, it uh, again, he was only vocalizing, I think, what everybody else thought. You know, people in your condition just don't get up and walk out of here. And I could tell he felt terrible after he said it. He should have. He, he felt terrible. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to give him grace. But it did, it flipped a switch in me. Just know, I, this is serious. I, I have to fight. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna make this, it's gonna be a battle. You know, I, I think maybe even God used that. You know, sometimes God used what's meant for evil. You know, to discourage me or beat me down to think you you don't have a chance, Ken. You know, you're not gonna walk out of here. But something rose up in my spirit to battle and and to wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, and spirit realm to conquer that. And I think there is. You know, there's. There is, you know, the Bible talks about different spirits and I don't want to get all spooky with some of these people, but unclean spirits and, you know, demon spirits and all that. It's, hey, uh, folks, it's real. It's in the Bible. So it's not what Ken says. That's right. Yeah, I, I felt like it was almost tangible, Jennifer, like this spirit of death and, you know, that was out there. And, uh, you know, I ended up staying in the hospital for 30 days. I was there for a month. You know, I ended up, I would just pray that prayer, God. You know, you said, I'm going to live and declare your glory. A thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. It is not going to touch Ken Chen. Repeating the word of God, there's power in the word of God. God's word is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's spirit. It's life. You know, I, I had my wife bring my Bible up. Man, they'd see me reading my Bible. I don't care what they thought, man. I just, you know. <laughs> Listening to your testimony it makes me realize that you used something that a lot of Christians underestimate. You use what a lot of people feel is out of date. You use the word of God Amen. to save your life. Because I, I truly believe that a lot of believers don't understand the power that the word of God holds. It's alive and you used it, Ken. You used that to keep you alive. Do you believe had you not known the word of God or had not done what you did, do you mm. believe you'll be still, you'd be still sitting here with me right now talking, had you not used the word of God? No way. I would be a dead man. And, you know, I've tried, I've had people ask me that, and, you know, I mean, I, I have a Bible degree and, you know, I've worked toward a master's degree in theology, but not not just that, but I've just loved the word and study it. But, you know, it, I'm going to speak the truth and love to them, Jennifer. You know, they ask me, well, Ken, I don't know the Bible very well. And, you know, I just tell them, you know, I said, hey, you know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he couldn't say, hang on a minute here, Satan. I got to go down to the temple. Let me grab a scroll and try to find this, you know. No, he just said, it's written, you know, get behind me, Satan. And I think that the power and the authority and the word of God, you know, is it's, it's alive. And I, I know when you ask me that question, I know Ken Chen would be a dead man without the word of God. I wouldn't have been able to have the resources to pull that up. If all you, you know, Hey, I'm saying this in love. If, if all your, if all you got's John three sixteen, baby, you're not going to make it. You know, it's going to be hard. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're not going to make it, but 
you know, I'm just saying there is power in the word of God. There's power in knowing the scriptures. You know, uh, there's it's a refreshing. And when God speaks those words, you know, like you, you, God has to, you have to have it in you somewhere, like the scripture that, that God pulled. You know, you shall live and declare the glory of God. That's that's called the Rhema word of God. That's a very now word. That's God hitting the bullseye for Ken Chin, where Ken Chin's at at that moment, at that precise moment in time. And if you know the word of God like that you know, and the Holy Spirit is working in your life and is living through you. You know, God can pull passages out of the Bible at different times. And, and I'm sure that's happened to your listeners before uh, in, in their walk with the Lord. You know, take the meat of the word, you know, get off the bottle. I want to go a teeny bit back to when you mentioned when you were lying in that bed, you felt your spirit attempt to leave your body multiple times. What did that feel like? I could just literally, it was, I was trying to just almost physically just keep myself. When you're in that weakened state, it, it, it kind of, your everything is so spiritually heightened, your spiritual senses, your, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if you've been on a long fast before, everything spiritually is heightened. I could just feel my weakness and I could just feel the struggle, this tension between the spirit and the flesh at times. And I would just, oh, you know, oh, God, God, I'm, I'm hanging on, God. Oh, just, oh, oh, God, God, just, and it was just, it was very intense. Yeah, it was just, and I could see this like from above, just like looking at, you know, like there was almost a separation, you know, it was a real intense battle at times when I, I felt like my, I felt like, you know, I was, you know, as they say, I was about to give up the ghost, but I kept saying, no, no, God, I, God, I'm, oh, God, breathe into me, God, the breath of life, God, don't, you know, just fighting, fighting for that breath. And I know you mentioned that you've heard of so many other supernatural testimonies and supernatural experiences. Is this the first time you've ever personally experienced the supernatural in your life that you could actually visualize and it be tangible for you? No, I've had other experiences in my life. Uh, you know, God has uh, uh, shown his hand. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe in miracles. I believe that uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Judges 613 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it really shows the mentality and the mindset of the of the believers. The scripture is, if God be with us, if God be with us, everybody's saying, you know, God's with us. If God be with us, where be all his miracles? So you see mentally what their thought process was that when God was present, there was going to be something supernatural happening. If God be with us, where be all his miracles? When Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, he said, we know you're a teacher come from God for no man can do these things. And he used those same four words that's used in Judges, except God be with him. And you trace it on out to Acts 10, chapter 38. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. You know, and it talks again about that because God was with him in our lives. If God is with us, if we cannot look back on the chronology of our life, our timeline, I'm 64 years old. If Ken Chen cannot look back and say, if it had not been the Lord at this particular time or this particular time or this particular time, but I had one instance um, that I'll share with you. It was very dramatic. I was uh, driving a truck late at night for you know, when I was young and I uh, went to sleep at the wheel and I was actually carrying some uh, explosives in the back and the bed of the truck, explosives. Well, what were about, you trying to explode? This was oil field explosives. Oh. At this particular time, I, I was working for an oil field company. Anyway, I went to I, I fell asleep and the truck went down, flipped over, landed completely vertical crushed all the way up to the bed of the truck and then fell forward like that. And um, 
you know, God spared my life. When everybody got on the scene and they, you know, I was still, I was asleep for the whole thing, Jennifer. And they said that was probably the reason why, because I was asleep and lent, had I been rigid and, and knew what was going on, you know, it probably would have at least broken bones, but I just went with the flow. You know, it went, flipped. Yeah, shortly after that, uh, I had a person that uh, knew nothing about it, and they are a very spiritual person, and they said, uh, I mean, they had no knowledge. I was not proud of this. You know, I was really ashamed of it. You know, I'm a tough guy. You know, I don't go to sleep. And um, they said, at the midnight hour, give me a word from God. They said, at the midnight hour, God reached down. His angel reached down and spared your life from death. Does that mean anything to you? And I thought, you have no idea what it means to me, you know, and there's no way. I mean, I didn't tell that. I don't even tell this story, but I'm telling it to your listeners now. <laughs> I believe that God, you know, God's, a, you know, there's people that we call them cessationist. You know, God's done everything he's going to do. He's sitting up on the throne and you're on your own, Jennifer. I hope you hang in there and you're a tough tough woman and you make it. But uh, I just don't believe that. I think God is active in the life of the believers. I think that the Holy Spirit residing in you, uh, you know, can do the works of Christ today. It's just a matter of how yielded am I to let the Spirit of God work through me to where I can hear spiritually and see spiritually. I think the more we do that, the more we'll see and the more we'll experience the miracles of God in our own personal lives. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm glad you mentioned the midnight hour because when you said at around 3.30 in the morning, you felt the Lord bringing you back to life. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm sure you probably know, and a lot of listeners probably know this, and maybe some do not, but around three o'clock and even from midnight all the way to around 6 a.m. in the morning, but usually around a three o'clock hour is when the Lord does his supernatural work, his healing power, all these wonderful, wonderful things. And I know a lot of people like to give yeah. that hour to the devil. He's a copycat. We don't, we don't care about yeah. what he does, but Amen. the fact that Jesus began to miraculously heal you at three 30 in the morning, is just yeah. beautiful because like what you, what your friend told you prior years ago, when you got into the car accident, how in the midnight hour, the Lord reached down his hand and healed you. That's yeah, so beautiful. Amen. Yeah, it is. So when you fought this, morning arises, and what did the nurse say to you? I know there was a process after, but what did the nurse tell you? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she didn't have any words. Uh, she opened that thing up and saw me still alive. <laughs> she went straight back, I guess, to the nurse's station. She thought... You know, this guy's still alive. What are we going to do with him now? So they end up coming back later on and they got my bed and they rolled me down to the elevator and rolled me up to the sixth floor where I uh, stayed for a month there and, and uh, healed and recovered even even more. But yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. I was in room 602. I could see God gave me a view to see the whole floor right there and see everything that was going on. I'm right in the middle of it all. And just had some cool stories. Uh, you know, I had a, one of my night nurses came in and she's just meeting me for the first time. So, you know, you know, she's, she's wanting to know what's this chick, what, you know, what kind of shapes can Chen in, you know, she's looking through the charts and, you know, she's sitting there going, Hmm, you know, just looking at me and you know, turn looking through them. Hmm. You know, and, um, then she says, she says these uh, words to me, Jennifer. She finally looks up at me after she's um, gotten up to speed on my condition. She said, uh, she said, Mr. Ken, she said, you beat the COVID two-step. What's the COVID two-step? That's, that's, that's what I want to know, Jennifer. I was wanting to know what, you know, what's the, I didn't know. I, I you know, I'd, I'd never heard that expression before. And I said, I said, yeah, what, you know, cool. What's, what's the COVID two-step? And she says, she said, Mr. Ken, she says, that's an expression that the frontline workers have for people that come in here in your shape. We say they get COVID two-step and two steps they are going to die. Wow. And she says, when I look at your chart, she says, you beat the COVID two-step. Praise God. And I didn't know if she was a Christian at this time, Jennifer. This is, you know, 
10 30 11 o'clock at night and i just started sharing jesus with her i just started saying you know this is what god did i said yeah i mean they gave me up for death and i started sharing about how the lord quickened my spirit the light of god came upon me i heard the voice of the lord and it turned out she was a believer <laughs> amen <laughs> We end up, she hung out with me probably a lot longer than she should have that night. Uh, but uh, she was really uh, just a real a blessing to me the rest of the time there. You know, we could talk about the Lord and, and different things. But yeah, you beat the COVID two-step. And I, I want to share this too. So when I got up to the room 602, one of the doctors who had kind of just dismissed me to die, <clears throat> he wasn't expecting anything. And so... He's making his early morning rounds, okay? And so I see him. I see him. He comes across there, and he stops dead center right there, and he's looking at me. And he comes up there, and he slides that door open about two foot, and he says this to me, Jennifer. He says, sir, you must be a warrior. You must be a warrior. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And those words that he said, you must be a warrior, just rang in my spirit. I mean, I mean, God can speak through a donkey. God can speak through a doctor. And when he said that, it was just like the spirit of God just, just jumped all over me again and just quickened me. And uh, it was just an affirming word from the Lord through him. And I don't, he wasn't a Christian, I don't think. But in his culture, you know, the way he thought, you know, I don't go around using the word warrior or anything like that, we, we say, you know, oh, this guy's tough or he's bad or, you know, throw out words like that. I don't go around saying, you know, that Jennifer, she's really a warrior, you know, but uh, <clears throat> it really had significance to me. And then, you know, it was really confirmed again to me by another man who's really in and out of my life, who really hears from God. Um, he sent me a, a message, uh, you know, and he had no idea at all what had gone on. And, you know, this is just the gifts of the spirit and operation in his life. God gave him this word. He said, he said, you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed and won the victory, but God will get all the glory. And he said, I heard that in the spirit. He said, I didn't want to write it that way. He said, I wanted to write it. You have wrestled with God and God won the victory and God will get the glory. But he said, I tried to change it, but he said, I couldn't. He said, so I went back. I, you know, I hear it in the spirit and it's how I got to give it to you. You've wrestled with God. You have prevailed and won the victory. And, and again, it, it kind of goes back to co-laboring, you know, but God will get all the glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But it, it did. It, it rang in my spirit too. It's like, you know, God spoke to that doctor and God spoke through this prophet that uh, was ministering that word that, that, that the Lord gave him. And, you know, um, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on out there, but there's that's the real deal. I mean, there just because there's some bad stuff that happens spiritually and the spiritual gifts doesn't mean that, you know, that the word of knowledge is not for real. And and that, that meant a lot to me. And I, I told him, I said, man, brother, you got, you got no idea what you wrote, but it's all true and you heard right from god you know i um went back well i'll share one more story have i got time to share another you story sure do you cut me off anytime no you're good so i i got better and better and then i was discharged on february 5th it's freezing cold east texas and so they're wheeling me down in a wheelchair and helped me get in the car my wife had pulled the car up and I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, you know, we're let's, we're not moving. Cars not. We're not going anywhere, Jennifer. I'm I'm just looking at. I'm just glad to be out of the hospital and looking at the trees. You know, praise God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And then I I just looked over at my wife, like you know, why we weren't. And I look at her, and she's just bawling, just tears just rolling down her face. And um, I just embraced her, and we hugged. She said, you know, the doctors told me, don't cry in front of, don't cry in front of Ken. You know, we don't want him to know how bad he is. So you hold it together and don't you, don't, don't cry. And she never did. It was just a real special, you know, spiritual moment. We've been married 32 years and, you know, God gave us a special moment right there. And 
you know, I just go with the flow sometimes. I didn't have uh, I didn't have an appointment or anything, and but uh, I wanted to be like the one of the ten lepers who returned to give thanks to my hospital caregivers. You know, I I just felt like God was just leading me. I didn't call up there and ask them if I could come see him. I just showed up. I went back to the hospital, and you know, I'd lost thirty two pounds of muscle. I got a whole lot better looking now, <laughs> and uh, they didn't recognize me in the beginning. I looked so different, and I started telling them, I said, I was the man there in 602, I was there for a month, and as soon as the light bulb went off, you know, they had that uh, counter between, you know, the separation. Man, I think, I thought they were going to jump over the counter and hug me. <laughs> they got around that counter as fast as they could, and they just embraced me, and, you know, just said a lot of sweet things, and it was just a beautiful time, a beautiful time together. And uh, it's so good for them, I think, to see a victory. You know, uh, they were really pulling for me. Uh, they see so many people that die and they don't make it out of there. And, you know, it's a very difficult job. Uh, and, you know, I tried to be a blessing to them while I was there. Uh, you know, I saw how overwhelmed they were. You know, I'm not to give me any credit, but... You know, I, I had food brought in, Jennifer, uh, four different times. I fed the whole sixth floor. I fed them all, you know, because I, I could see how overworked and how overwhelmed they all were. And, you know, it was just, it was more of a blessing and it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, it was a blessing for me to be able to do that. I, you know, I'm on my, just laying in my hospital bed and I wanted to be a blessing to them. I wanted to let them know, hey, you know, that guy in 602, he loves God, he loves Jesus, and he loves you too. Okay, so Ken, you survived all of this, giving all glory to God. Where are you at now in your life? I know you've written a book. Could you share that book with us? Yes, yes. So <clears throat> I'm out of the hospital. I'm in my study, and I just had this you know, overwhelming conviction that from the Spirit of God that you know you, you have to tell this story. You have to write it. So I'm I'm writing it, I'm trying to be obedient, Jennifer. And my wife comes in and she says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I feel like the Lord wants me to write this book about what happened in the hospital, about how God spared my life, how God manifested himself to me. And she says, oh my gosh, no, oh no, 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 <clears throat> you know, no, no, no. Look, you know, this is the worst time in our lives. You almost died on me. I thought I was gonna lose you, you know, take a month to get the feeling better and you know, let's go on a vacation for a couple of weeks. Or I told her, I said, I can't do it. I said, I have to, I have to write this. I have to, I have to tell the story. And she's, she said, well, if that's the case, uh, so she ended up writing a chapter in it. Bless her heart. <laughs> what chapter is that one? There's two chapters, the very last two chapters in the book. It's from her perspective. And then my daughter, it's from her perspective that they each wrote a chapter toward the end of the book. And I mean, you know, here I am, you know, I'm fighting for my life. It's January 4th and I'm not even thinking it's the one year anniversary of, of her mother's death. She was planning on getting fresh flowers, going to the gravesite, breaking out the photo albums and just sitting at home thinking about Mama or I called her E.T. and, you know, what a godly woman she was and a blessing to the family. Instead of doing that, you know, her first reaction was, you know, God, what are you doing? You know, you took my mom last year on January 4th. Now my husband's going to die on January 4th. To her credit, she had that attitude for about 15 minutes, but then she pulled herself out of it, knowing that that's, that'll get you nowhere quick. And so she started praying, saying, God, not today. She started calling her friends that are prayer warriors. But yeah, that was her mindset. You know, and I'm like I said, I, that was the last thing I was even thinking about that we had lost my mom on January the 4th. And then my daughter, uh, her chapter, uh, you know, it, she was going to uh, Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And this was her last semester to go back. You know, she's Christmas break and, and she was gonna graduate. I mean, she didn't even have a full semester to finish up. And she didn't want to go. And my wife and my brother said, you know, now your dad would want you to go. You've, you've come this far, you know, call us every day, 
you know, we'll keep you up to date. We'll do video calls, whatever we need to do. You know, she was fully aware of the seriousness of the situation. You know, she followed their advice, went back and praise the Lord. She graduated from Belmont with an audio visual production degree at the end of May and uh, ended up moving back to uh, East Texas, which was another answer to prayer. Amen. Amen. And what's the name of your book? And can we get a look at it? Yeah, it's a, an, an encounter with the healer. And uh, it's it's available on Amazon. Uh, I don't know if you can. Yeah, it's coming out clear. An encounter with the healer. Um, so on Amazon or it's on uh, Ken Chin, K E N C H I N N dot com. Got a website now. You can get the book there. And what's the name of your website if we want to reach you? Yeah, it's uh, Ken Chin, K E N C H I N N dot com. Wow. So. Could you do us a favor and end us out in prayer, Ken? Could you pray for those who may be struggling with any type of illness or maybe struggling with any strongholds? Because what you experienced was a type of stronghold. It was uh, a virus or whatever you want to call it. And it was a sickness. So could you pray for those who may be losing hope and feel like they just want to give up? Could you pray for them right now? Sure. Lord, we just come to you now, God, and uh, Father God, we just ask that you touch these different listeners, God. Lord, you said you came to heal the brokenhearted, God, to to touch those, God, who are in need. So, God, we thank you that you are the great I am, God, that you are active, that you are moving, that your spirit is breathing upon even them, even as we pray right now, as Jennifer and I agree together, God, we're two or more gathered. God, we ask for the anointing of God to fall upon their lives. Let them know your presence, God. Let them know your power, your power anointing, God, and your love. God, let your presence overwhelm them, God. Bring forth healing, miracles, salvation, God. Bring them to your Son, Jesus, for the forgiveness of their sins. God, just do a a mighty, complete work, God. Those that are giving up hope, God, we know, God, that you, you make a way, God, where there is no way. God, doctors can say one thing. Scientists, professionals can say one thing, God. But God, God, we know that you have the final say. God, and we call upon you, God, to make the difference, God. Make the difference in their lives, God. Part the waters for them, God. Let them pass over on dry ground, God, whatever circumstances they're going through, God. And God, when they get to the other side, God, may they dance and shout and sing and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Kenshin, thank you so much for sharing your amazing, immaculate testimony of being healed by Holy Spirit from COVID-19. Amen. Well, thank you for having me, Jennifer. You're you're special and your program is awesome and uh, I love what you're doing. It's my honor and privilege to be on.